Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Hello there, and welcome to Acton Millwall, coming from Colchester. Um, Nick is unable to come to the game today so you have me Harry Warren instead um, it's about an hour before kickoff so no team news yet um, here in a sunny day in Essex um, I'll be back later on with some team news Achtung, Milbal. Neil Harris has uh, named the unchanged line up from the team that beat Burton on Monday um, 2 nil, obviously in that game Sean Williams who comes in for a lot of flack on Twitter as you all know um, keeps his place in the midfield in front of the returning Jimmy Abdu who's on the bench and Shane Ferguson too so yeah the starting 11 is uh, Jordan Archer in goal Romeo Webster Beavers and Martin across the back four Taylor Thompson Williams O'Brien in midfield with the dynamic duo up front of Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison, the subs today are Ford, Nelson, Ferguson, Abdu, Upson, Onadimna and Jamie Philpott make up the bench. An interesting development before the game starts is uh, Colchester's stewards trying to perform some kind of miracle by making Millwall away fans sit in their allocated ticketed seats. Um, it's coming up for 25 past two and uh, it's, it's holding strong so far but you do get the sense that once the mass horde turns up, um, 1,700 Millwall fans expected today that uh, it might go a little bit pear-shaped counting six or eight stewards near me to control 1,700 Millwall fans um, I think you all know from experiences in the past that that doesn't tend to end too well so uh, good luck with that to Colchester just waiting for the teams to come out and here come Millwall Millwall in their all-yellow strip. We'll be playing Colchester, we'll be playing blue and white. That's why no white stick. Here we go then. Millwall, Colchester. Three points desperately needed for the Lions, as per usual this season. Another big games at the top. Ben Thompson gets us going. The amount of uh, home fans here is quite uh, astonishing, really. I've never seen a grand where the away fans outnumber the home fans, or at least equal at best for Colchester. Unbelievable. And they've got a drum, as you may have heard. Millwall with an early corner to defend. Couple minutes gone. It's back post, freed up. Number nine with a free header just wide. <laughs> Not what's needed. Another Millwall throwing upfield. Romeo's out of position. Thompson holds up the play. 
it's a good battle for it on Ben Thompson there in midfield. Games in a pattern of play where Colchester have had a lot of the ball. Mill playing very much like the away side as they come forward now, Colchester. And knocked out for a throw in by Byron Webster. Colchester seem to have a massive back four rather than how they played earlier on in the season at the dead. They seem to be able to go forward but not defend, whereas this week they seem to have sorted out their defence. And I think they won 6-1 last week. Corner to Colchester. Bill haven't really settled yet, haven't really found their found their uh, found their forward play. Just coming up for ten minutes play. Cleared by Joel Martin uh, and Colchester just had a deflected shot just wide. Archer was rooted to the spot. Flew past the post by about three inches. And you can hear what the Lions fans think of that. Colchester will come from the left hand side. Coming up for 12 minutes gone. Get out! Away, back into the area. Martin away. Back into the area, Ed Tennis. Ben Thompson leaps there well. And whipped back in, but John Archer claims. And O'Brien picked it up. What can he do now? Oh, I'll tell you what, Aiden O'Brien, so far in the opening 10 minutes, has been on the piss since Monday night. He looks awful, for lack of a better word. Everything he touched is a pass out of play. Just can control the ball out of play. He's having an absolute nightmare. Martin forward, crossing to the box. Falls out only as far as Romeo keeps it in play. Right hand side, heads to the byline, loses the ball. Colchester clear it away. Frame from Romeo. Morrison with a flick on. Gregory turns. Edge of the box, Thompson, Burt's back in and away. They're all being dominated in the first 15 minutes here across the midfield. Can't really get anything going. And another free kick to Colchester. The referee's giving everything their way. But when do they give anything our way? Free kick to Colchester. 35 yards out. Back post. Jordan Archer. Platters everyone, including himself. Martin clattered. Archer looks alright. Up to his feet. And the Lions fans are appalled. That was brave, brave goalkeeping. There he coming for a coming for a bundle of bodies and claim the ball. Taylor came through the middle. Mill in the box, flicked over, back post, Gregory. And the referee blows up again. Every time Mill will go to battle for a ball in the air, it's somehow a Colchester player on the floor and a Colchester free kick. Fucking typical. Some of the football, ladies and gentlemen, so far in the opening 20 minutes. A few told me these teams were both in the relegation zone. I think that was where they were because it has been awful. Miscontrols, bad passes, you name it, it's going on. Yeah, do warming up. Morrison through, Gregory into the penalty area. Morrison through ball towards Gregory. Stayed on side guy, Millwall throwing. First little bit of time Millwall got the ball down in the midfield and passed it. Throwing deep in enemy territory. Romeo with a long throw. No, short to Chris Taylor. Taylor with a cross. Over towards the middle of the goal. Missed. Full side, Brian. Brian oh. I think Gregory misses from just by the penalty spot. Unlucky. First time Millwall managed to get down into possession near the enemy goal. Ball bounced around the penalty area. Gregory put it over. Millwall are getting a few chances now going forward. When they actually get the ball down and pass it about, Colchester going backwards still seem to be struggling against Millwall when they actually get the ball down on the ground. Colchester coming forward. Archer's got it, goes out for a goal kick. Archer with the earlier save, and wasn't recording when it happened. Picked up the ball in the midfield from the Infantile and played it through to um, their wide right hand. And Archer made a pretty decent stop away to his right hand side. As it is, it's still nil nil. Just missed an attack. Williams played it forward to Gregory, who done brilliantly, turning the ball up well, run down the channel, cross it in. 
unlucky with the finish. I'm not sure it's a long way away. It was. I think it was Morrison with the finish. He was just charged back to try and go a free kick. Colchester try and take quickly. Not allowed to by the referee. And as this crowd said, it's not there. Half an hour we've gone in the game. It's a weird atmosphere. Not really any uh, any support from the on the home side. So Millwall. It goes quiet, and then as soon as we all win the ball back, the crowd comes to life. Great save by Jordan Archer. After a mistake in the midfield by Millwall. Millwall giving them too much time and space in the middle. Williams and Thompson, one of them's got to go, in my opinion. Millwall giving them too much time and space. They've got a long-haired number eight. I think he thinks he's the Essex Pirro. And pulling the strings for him, to be fair. And a mistake by Joel Martin allowed Colchester into the box with a low cross-come shot. Jordan Archer took bravely down at the feet of two players. Colchester, long ball forward. Beavers clears. O'Brien comes back to Manetta. That's Thompson. Mill can't get in the ball. They're doing that. It's Webster. That's a Romeo. We've got two men on him as soon as he gets the ball. Webster hits the ball long forward towards Morrison and Gregory. And ball. The clearer and ball you'll ever see from the Colchester number nine. Not given. The referee shakes his head. We will shake our head in the stand. That was fucking so deliberate. It was unbelievable. We're all finding every avenue when they get the ball to try and break quickly. You're always blocked. The bad decisions are so on and so forth. Taylor wins the ball well there, just over the halfway line. With Romeo. Romeo to Taylor. Back into problems. Newfield Williams. He's lost the ball. And it's unlucky, it didn't fall, well, Mill, unlucky or lucky, whatever way you want to put it, it didn't fall to the number nine of Colchester, is it? It's, it's Beavers. And another free kick given by the referee. I think Mill have got one free kick if they're lucky this game, if I remember in yourself. Coming up to half with ten minutes to half time. Colchester pressing really high. Mill haven't been able to get in behind. Well, they have got in a few times, but not down the centre into the channels and not being able to create much. Taylor, heading forward. Gregory does well to win the ball in the midfield. He gets fouled! And you can hear the Millwall fans' reaction. I think that's the first one. If not, it's only the second all game. And again, a long ball over the top and done Romeo. Standing up. Romeo's been turned inside out. He's gone down looking for it. He's gone for a goal kick. Number 12 was looking for a penalty. All he managed to get was a goal kick. But does seem to have Romeo in all sorts of trouble, to be honest. But he was a diving Essex cunt, for lack of a better word there. Looking for the penalty. Millwall unlucky. Morrison with a flick on. Gregory round the goal kick. Just couldn't get it to sit for him in front of goal. Took it wide to the left-hand side and hit the ball over the net. Just... It's better for Millwall, just before half-time. I think the first goal in this game would be crucial. I think Millwall need to get it. Colchester might have to come out of their shell a little bit and come more forward with their back four if Millwall do get it. But as it stands, it's still nil-nil, just before half-time. Archer to Joe Wright in the game. O'Brien coming his back to his goal. O'Brien, Archer in trouble. O'Brien's having a bad game. Let's put it that way, that's nicely. That's putting it nicely. O'Brien is having a bad game, ladies and gentlemen. A very bad game. Archer saved by blushes there. Under a lot of pressure managed to put it out for a throw in. It's through to the area. Between Beavers and Archer, they work it out eventually. Bill will put themselves in trouble there. Jordan Archer having to come to the rescue after Aiden O'Brien's fuck up. Romeo forward. Whipped in. Cleared. Ben Thompson sweeps up. Managed to win a corner. Is there anything he can't do, ladies and gentlemen? Bill with his corner. Two minutes before half time. Williams comes over to take it from the right hand side. In front of the Colchester Omen. Referee's blown up here for crowding the goalkeeper. I think there's five or six Millwall players with five or six Colchester players around the goalkeeper. Normally when the referees blow up, they blow up straight away as the ball's hit for a foul. We'll find out if that happens now. Williams whipped in. The referee did exactly what I said he would do. There we go. Call me psychic. Free kick. 
Colchester coming up to our time. One minute of additional time at the end of the first half. Hit forward. Grego tries to win it on. Williams in the area. Morrison at the back. Wouldn't sit for him. Thompson gets in the way there. Wins the ball and gives it to Romeo. Will the referee allow this attack to continue? Taylor foul. Webster. Thompson wins the ball. Unbelievable. Ben Thompson wins the ball, doesn't touch any of the man. He jumps over the top of him and the referee blows for a free kick. Is he going to book Ben Thompson? We should give him 10 bookings, which should see him out for two games, I think. He doesn't book him, he gives him a talking to. Thank fuck for that. I think that definitely will be it for the first half. Fuck knows what that was for. Clearly got a West Ham shirt underneath his... There we go, that's what the crowd think of the bald-headed cunt, they say. Half-time, they're all not very good. It's the half-time headline. No one has a clue what this referee is doing, not even himself. There we go. Achtung, Half-time, uh, the subs are out warming up. We're only in half-time, maybe two minutes, but uh, Shane Ferguson isn't out there with the subs. So perhaps Aiden O'Brien or somebody else is going to get pulled at half-time. Aiden O'Brien hasn't really had any impact, not saying that many players have, but he has been particularly awful in a sea of awful, shall we say. Um, yeah. Other than that, we'll find out shortly. Can't get any internet, so I can't give you any tweets, um, which Nick usually does. So there we go. The half-time scores have just been read out, and uh, Walsall are losing at Sheffield United, and Wigan are drawing away at Shrewsbury. So Mill's nil-nil draw really needs to be turned into a win if we are being serious about going up in the top two. I know it's a long shot, but we discussed it on the show at length. And there we go. So maybe Neil Harris reacting to scores elsewhere, bringing Ferguson on. The teams are coming back out. Well, Colchester are. Millwall are going to make them wait. Unbelievably here on the big screen, which is better than ours, by the way. I'll give them that. They're uh, an uh, unlikely trio of celebrities that are playing at uh, the Colchester Western Humes Community set, uh, Stadium. Michael Jackson back from the grave on the 30th of April with Doddy Parton and Lionel Richie. Think of that what you will, for people. Modern football at its greatest there. Here come the Lions! Kicking towards us in the second half. I think there will be one change made. I'm trying to look to see if it will be Aiden O'Brien. No, he's not out there. I don't think he is anyway. As far as my eyes tell me. No, it is Shane Ferguson. Ladies and gentlemen, will be coming out at half time for Aiden O'Brien. There we go. Monday night's hero, Saturday's villain. Colchester bringing it forward through the middle, into the area, chance to shoot, he does, saved by Archer, deflected, saves it, takes it in a second attempt, Millwall look fucking unbelievably a different side from Monday night. Williams are across, oh unlucky, referee blows up, of course he does. Unbelievable. Thompson in the midfield. Wins it. Williams for a ball over the top. Gregory in behind. Oh. Gregory crosses in. Towards Morrison. And as well as Taylor. Sets up. Deflection. Oh. And it come off. And Morrison was in offside position. Unlucky Millwall. Changes flying in everywhere. Williams was done two-footed, and the referee let play continue. Now B was in there, he's missed the ball. It's been put in, away by Webster. Gregory with a man all over him. Morrison running behind. Morrison out in the channel, playing on. Morrison with a chance to cross it in. Millwall corner. Well, the referee laughing and joking with the Millwall fans. So 
we'll call him Wanko, which definitely is going to make him give us more stuff, isn't it, lads? There we go. Little logic at his best there. There we go. Ferguson with a cross in. Morrison free header across goal. Williams back across goal. Won't fall for a Millwall player. Taylor goes and picks it up. About 30 yards there. Whips it in towards Morrison over the back. And ball surely not given. and we're another corner from the right hand side. Here we go. with a cross. Martin leaping well. Taylor wins the ball. Edge of the box. Taylor crossing. Fair from Millwall. Big lump falls from Archer towards Morrison. And Ferguson, if he misses him, it's on. Gregory a chance. Unlucky. That first half was a boring draw. The second half, definitely, even though nil-nil after five minutes, just started unbelievable. It's like a cup tie. It's a day that turned out bright and sunny. has gone cloudy and cold. Colchester knocking it about in the midfield. Here comes the Essex Pirlo again. He's going wide, passing around the edge of the area, much like us under Holloway. Uh, and it went in by Thompson and away by Williams. Oh, and Peckham Pirlo throwed himself to the floor, I know what he wants. And now a bad pass by Williams. And now Colchester try and break forward and then a bad pass by them. Definite lack of quality from both sides on the passing front. Gregory to Morrison. Well, Gregory wins it well and runs at three or four power. Lovely turn, beats two or three. It's through, still got it. Unlucky, misses it. Martin misses it, stupidly, for no reason. And then picks it up again. Williams looks a passenger in this half. Now the game's not being played at a snail's pace. He seems to be getting caught out of position a lot. He was all right in the first half. He wasn't brilliant by any means. As a cross comes in and we will let it go. He doesn't go out. He does now. But no, the crowd's starting to get on Williams' back. Not that he normally takes that well, but there we go. Taylor put it in. Towards Gregory, taking off his head. Colchester players bump into each other. Williams caught out again. Taylor wins it back. Plays in, opens up for him. Williams edge of the box. Picks a try, he's there shooting, gives it to Gregory. And the edge of the box. Thompson tries to find out to Martin. It's right for Ferguson. And takes it down with one touch. He's now going to run at the left right back. Crosses it in. Oh! And it was so close to going in for own goal. There we go. Ferguson with another corner. He's been the best player on the pitch since he's been brought on. Some no reason. Now 24 has gone down. For no apparent reason. He was the one that cleared it over. Millwall definitely in the ascendancy. Gregory's gone and drunk some of the goalkeeper's drink. That's what I like to see. <laughs> Bit of gamesmanship there. Thompson's overtaking the instructions from Neil Harris. So is Romeo. And we still have this joker number 24 on the pitch who now with a spray of magical sponge. It's in the area. I tried to walk off towards the dugouts and was led off the pitch right next to the goal. Fuck all wrong with him, and if they can see from this, it's their own fucking fault. Ferguson with a corner. Webster with three header. Beavers just wide. Just wide. It's a bit ambitious. Wide. And now we're gone. And the injured 24 is going off. So they've changed their. Colchester have changed their right back. I don't know if that's a good thing for us because Ferguson's been making him look like an absolute lead two defender. Beavers plays it into the channel and Martin's in. He's been given a free kick or a corner. He's given a corner. I don't know which one we prefer. He just took him out completely. The referee has got absolutely no control this game in terms of consistency, which is what all we want. But we never get it. Or well, consistently bad is what we get. Martin had a chance to launch it in. It's building Millwall pressure. You can hear the crowd. 
they think is possible. Just need to create one golden chance. Ferguson with a cross. Morrison, Taylor at a back post. Finish the delivery. Gregory's thrown the ball at the referee. Uh, thrown the ball at the line. Did you get that? It's called Morrison over to have a with Gregory. Here we go, we'll find that. Morrison's standing there trying to do his best quiet by the church. And Gregory's now going to go over and apologise to the linesman, I think. So, little fans didn't like that, but uh, if, the, if Gregory's offside and he gives <laughs> gives him the benefit of that, that might be the best handshake he's ever made. But I oh, press seems to be waiting for me all. They're crying into this game. Colchester getting nervous. Gregory just missed a one-on-one. It's -on -one. unlucky. Push back out into the middle area. Morrison run from one side of the pitch to the other. Close them down the middle and win a throw. Thrown by Romeo. Tools Morrison. He's gone all the way through. He's going to go kick for some unknown reason. Even though it was come off for of 15, but this referee we're getting absolutely nothing from. Pulls in play for another substitution. Colchester's making their su second substitution in game. Number 20 coming off. He's been anonymous. Coming off for another player. We also have no idea who they are. Darren Ambrose. He's been booed, so apparently he's done something. I don't know who he is. That's why you listen to this podcast for uh, informed comment and analysis, as Nick would say. Fuck that, we'll wing it. And another free kick from the referee. Apparently, if you breathe on someone, it's now a foul, or in this referee's interpretation of the game. Morrison wins it on. Gregory Tayton again. And finally, the third free kick Millwall have got in this game. Again, the crowd reacts. It's this referee, as you can hear, has been fucking awful. We all celebrate it like we've scored a goal. We've had some cunts this season, but this bloke's beginning to take the piss. Beavers forward towards Gregory, pushing the back clearly, but he still manages to get away with it. Taylor through, fouled after the ball went, surely. Hello? Shall be out. So how's that one work? Coaches to bring it away. Unbelievable, this referee sees some things as fouls that are definite fouls, not as fouls, and the slightest touch, apparently, is a foul. Very strange. Through the middle, into the box, taken in, Beavis does well-ish, and cleared away by Joel Martin. And that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen, a bit like the Brentford game. One mistake you feel will decide it, one goal will win this game for either side. Both need the points, of course. Colchester in a quagmire of trouble, not being helped by results elsewhere, I don't think. I wonder if Neil Harris is thinking about change, maybe Philpot or Fred on the dinner for a bit of pace, a bit of sparkle, a bit of that X factor that Nick talks about all the time to change this game. So we come up just gone past the 70th minute mark. But it is become a very open game. Colchester have grown back into it the last five minutes after a spell of Millwall pressure. At the moment, they're quite having to knock the ball about. They're passing the ball better than what their lead position suggests, to be honest. Williams clears it into Gregory, who's got space to run into. He does and gets taken down. Cynically, professionally, surely a booking. Surely a booking. Call the Millwall fans. And it is a booking for a West Ham cunt, apparently. That's why he's booing. Come on, the 28. Oh, Charlton cunt, even. There we go. I've been corrected. 35, maybe 40 yards out. From the right-hand side, trying to flick it in. Taylor's over the back with Morrison and Beavers. Sit towards them two. So you don't beat the first man. Beavers will nod on. That's the area. Thompson wins the ball. The referee, of course. As soon as Thompson went for that, you knew what was going to happen before the referee even saw it. Colchester player throws himself to the floor. Referee gives a free kick. Obviously, a lot of the uh, Colchester squad auditioning for the next series of the only way is Essex with their acting talent today. Mill with another free kick. Mill are letting them play a lot of football around um, around the midfield, and it's some of reason not really being sorted out. I don't, I don't know what's up today. Mill are trying to counter attack, but their defensive playing have done well, to be fair. And, I've been able to create anything of note really. I had a couple of chances, but nothing 
hit your tables in an atrocious miss. Beavers were lumped forward. Charles Morrison doesn't even jump for that one for some unknown reason. Maybe not to give away a free kick. Thompson wins it. Romeo, back inside. Crosses it in, stands it up, back post, unlucky. Morrison through. Tries to find Taylor, he does. Oh, and it's the post! Reflected on onto the post! Unreal! Just won't go in for Millwall. Shot from Taylor from the edge, on the left, right hand side of the area, left hand side as I look at it, it's the post. Unlucky Millwall. Just need this one goal, I think one goal will win it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm making that now. Prediction now. Seven, out wide to 22 again. Does step over his tricks, goes inside him. So that's in the number 10, stands it up. Now another number seven over the back post. Over it's the cross, and it's going to go out for a throw in. 80 minutes gone. Last 10 minutes coming up. A big 10 minutes in middle season, you feel. The Sheffield United winning. The last time I heard. Morrison throw on goal now. Morrison plays it through. Gregory, can he win it? Should be a Millwall throwing in. It's given. They're doing well. They're starting to tick. They're starting to play. It's like they've woken up Millwall and realised they do need to score a goal to win a game. Harris and Dave Limmore discussing tactics over on the right-hand side. Maybe a substitution to come. Oh, miscontrolled by Webstone. He's giving it back to the seven. Takes it out for a corner. On the right-hand side, a miscontrolled by Webster on the edge of their block. Normally doing what he does well to clear the ball. Miscontrolled, and it's a corner. As I said, one mistake. Williams with a ball over the top towards Taylor. It's been knocked out for a throw-in. And Millwall, with the results going the way they are, Millwall, with a win, would go third. How crazy is this league? It's been played into the channel. Romeo traces back now. Wins it well. Ferguson plays it into the channel. I think it's going to be too much for Morrison. No, he keeps it in play. Front post, Gregory unlucky. Corner given. Webster and Beavers make their way up from the back as well as Joel Martin. Ferguson with a corner from the left this time. Mill fans respond. Cross from Ferguson. Webster just wide. Got to be a corner. Another corner. Clash of heads there. Brave, brave by both teams. Everyone going for it like their life depends on it. Morrison at the front post and too much on it. Goal kick. Don't think Neil Harris is looking to make any changes. There's no subs mate warming up. It's got to be done with the players on the pitch. It's cleared only as far as Thompson who wins the ball with an elbow in his face. He takes the ball wide into the right hand channel. It's done well. It's like a free kick. He's been everywhere to be fair to the boy today. response of Ben Thompson. Position crosses it in. It's a great chance. Comes out Williams. It's it. Watts. Still there for Williams. Flexes it in. It's falling out to Romeo. It's a free kick. 89 minutes. Maybe the last chance. No sign of an additional time ball. Left hand side, Ferguson to whip it in. Now the referee, after 89 minutes, decides to get his spray out. Everyone forward, Millwall leaving no one back. Romeo back midfield on the cover. Not sure I'm a fan of that, but we'll find out where it helps. The ball's coming forward now. Ferguson towards the back post. Ferguson. Oh, that mine! Martin's incandescent. There'll be three minutes of added time. So Millwall cleared literally in the six-yard box. He's brought down. As it was, Colchester cleared it for a throw-in. Thompson tries to cross it in back post. He's unlucky. Oh, fuck off. Big O forward. Bayless comes back to covered. 
takes the touch. Oh, and makes a mistake, and now Colchester are in the seven. He's gone through, and Beavers recovers. <laughs> fucking art in your mouth for a moment. They wouldn't be Millwall fucking art in the mouth for a moment. I think that'll near enough be it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll find that now. Had on a reference to play, I think he's going to blow up straight away. He does. A point for the Lions. Unlucky in the end. They had their opportunities, nothing cleared cut, but they did have half chances. They were unlucky, not helped by a referee. We didn't really fancy it. As it was, it's a point. More than they come to come, I follow them all fans. 1700 going with a point and not all three back down the A12. Uh, Neil Harris comes over to clap the fans and that's it. Back to Nick in the studio. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Massive welcome back to the show to one of our most respected voices, Mr. Craig Griffiths. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Thank you for having me back. Long time no speak, mate. Yeah, yeah, not since Plymouth, I don't think, since no, you've been on here. You since, did, I, since I dabbled my hand at what you do so well. You, you did a one-man show for me after the Plymouth um, auto-windscreen, auto I'm showing my age there, Johnston's Paint game, didn't you? And then yeah. um, I didn't ask you back for about six months, so... <laughs> <laughs> the ratings plummeted, so that was it, we almost died. <laughs> Great to have you back, mate. Um, we're in, a, we're in a, a strong position at the moment. We had a, a good 2-0 win over Bell. Burton on the Tuesday night. I thought it was a fantastic team performance overall. I don't know what your your take on the on the on the show was. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was um it was a performance I thought we did well. I think we played like the away team, which you know, we seem to have grown accustomed to doing now at home, which seems to be sort of a willing formula. You know, Burton had a bit of control at the start yeah. and then we hit him with a sucker punch and yep. two clinical finishes. It was, oh, it was it was unheard of. I mean, I, I, it's an interesting point because obviously we were suffering on our, our home form earlier on in the season and I think it was on one of these shows, I think it was suggested that maybe we should uh, switch to the away side approach where we, we we almost sit back, soak up the pressure and hit the long ball to the, uh, the dynamic duo. One or the other will get you a goal if you hit it long and over the top and that seems to be what we've done and the home form is, has come good of late. Yeah, I think I think Steve Morrison mentioned in an interview ages ago uh, that people get sort of gave him credit for saying is that you know 
if we play like we do when we're away, then they'll get a lot of stick. But I think they've sort of powered through that. And now, you know, we don't, we're not here for, we don't go to Millwall for pretty football. Uh, <laughs> Ain't that the truth, mate? Thought <laughs> um, years uh, of it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm much, I, I feel much better with uh, Neil Harris convincing us with a bit of uh, long ball and counter attack football and us winning than uh, Ian Holloway trying to convince us with pretty football that gets us nowhere. Well, let's, let's be honest, this works, doesn't it? This, this approach, this pressing style, we, we press quite high on the defence, we, we get behind the ball when they're in possession, they, 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 Burton were passing the ball back and forth on, uh, on Monday night with to no great avail across the middle of the park. And then the long ball, it, it works when it's played well and it's played by players of quality, such as Sean Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the wand. <laughs> the wand. <laughs> First controversial point of the evening's proceedings. Yeah. Um, I, I, the interesting thing I find about some of our squad is that some, when we've gone down a level, have gotten better. So Lee Gregory's one that's stepped up at League One. Yeah. Um, and some, uh, like Sean Williams, have seemed to have gotten worse compared to the player they were at the start in the championship. So it's a, it's a really interesting contrast. He does, he probably, he possibly does get more flack. You know, he's, he's the new Alan Dunn or the new David Livermore, whatever. But, <laughs> high uh, praise, high praise. <laughs> yeah. He had a bit of class there with with a few of his balls through and um, he's got an eye for a pass at least. It's just... It's the work side, Craig. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it's the it. work side. I mean, I'm just looking at news at Den as we're talking at the moment. There's a there's a piece on there that Harris has um, praised Williams, said his, his qualities worthy of a higher league. And I, I, I think all joking aside and parking all of the prejudices that will exist around the the, the message boards and and the, and the listeners out there, I do think that Sean Williams does have the passing quality of a higher level. It, it's the problem comes when it's the work rate, and that's you know obviously he was in for Jimmy Abdu, who was international bound on, on uh, over the Easter weekend um, and it's the, it's the work side of it that, that where he falls short if he, could, if he could up the work rate I think he's got the full package there he's a, he's a, he's a good player for us yeah and, and part of me thinks that that's a, that's a bit of a false economy that, that those words of praise and saying oh he's, he would be better at a higher level because they said that about Liam Trotter and uh, he's about to come back down <laughs> so maybe they're um, trying to sell him <laughs> yeah um, so I, I do appreciate that I I don't think he's as bad as people make out, but I, I do think we've we possibly got better in Jimmy and uh, and Ben. Ben Thompson. Well, I was going to ask about Ben. I mean, I, I know that you know you, you're kind of um, you're not a regular due to the uh, geographical distances you have to cover. Mm. But you've seen Ben the other night. I mean, are, are you impressed with his 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 development? Um, he's come a long way in quite a short space of time. I, to be a, a must pick now from. You know, coming in from the academy uh, within the course of the season is quite an achievement. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, it, it's, it'll be interesting to know what to see what Harris thought his team was going to be at the end of the season to see if he was always planning on the trajectory for Ben Thompson um, and Marlon Romeo as well. Um, yeah, to see if they were always going to be a part of his plans as as sort of pitching for first team. I mean, he, he claims that they are, and I think that was always the plan with with Fitzgerald. He. He seems to have a real, or the whole club, at least at youth development level, seems to have a real strategy going with when to promote players and, and, and where they want players to be. So if he is an example of what the club is doing going forward, then I'm more than welcome to... To, to praise that and think it's a great idea. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to see these kids coming through. I mean, Ro yeah. Ro Romeo is a is a fantastic player, and I think he's a real prospect. I mean, Archer, Romeo, and Ben Thompson, I think, are three kids that you can really see have value. Um, you know, we, we we have to think in terms of the sell on value at some stage because that's the nature of the club that we are. I suppose the one that would be the most disappointing of the of, of the crop would be Fred, who's faded from view rather, isn't he? And I would have thought he would be one of those that's seen as a, as, as the hottest of prospects back in August. Yeah, and I think he was he was at a bit of a turning point at the at sort of the start of the year, sort of end of last year, start of the year, where I, I don't know if 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 a a choice had been made, but it seemed to be that if he knuckled down, mm. maybe uh, sort of beefed up a, up a bit, got a bit stronger, yeah. so he wasn't pushed off the ball as much, um, that he might have a good push in the team. And I think instead what he might have done is, is gone the other way. Um, 
and not has put as much work in, and, and that's why he's been pushed out of the side. I mean, the player that earned the plaudits from, from Monday night show is Aidan O'Brien. I mean, he's, he's again named on the news at Den here. Um, Harris is saying O'Brien is class, and we believe in him. Um, that was that was a class finish to open the scoring. The way he took that um, one hit chance there, I thought that was that was a, a higher level again to use the phrase. Absolutely, I I I think the kid's fantastic, but it, he is a victim of being behind um, a great support striker in Steve Morrison, and yeah. who's a fantastic captain, yep. and someone who's. I think a lot of people quoted up to stats that he's the leading goal scorer in the world of 2016. In the world? Yeah. <laughs> uh, above, above Suarez and Kane, Lee Gregory is, is, is one or two goals above. If you're listening in Barcelona, if you're listening in Madrid, <laughs> if you're living in, listening in Munich, eat your fucking hearts out. We've got yeah. the man. <laughs> His name's Gregory. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't argue with the, the stats. Um, he's he's a I, I, for me. I mean, I've said it a few times on the show. I'll say it again now. I I rate Lee Gregory as our player of the season because of the sheer um, the journey that he's made. I mean, obviously he struggled after that initial two hundred and fifty thousand pounds signing by he should that shall not be named. And you know, he, he didn't look the part last season, but this season he very much does. I think it's a, I think it's a major major story. Holloway's. I will always look back. The more and more I see these players develop and everything like that, and obviously Holloway trying to take praise the other night for bringing, so I believe, <laughs> yeah, Aiden and, and Lee, in. and and for thinking he he did sign Lee Gregory and then he didn't play him. Um, you no. know, he, he got the equivalent of John Marquis time. That's 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 what Gregory was used as. Um, so. I, 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 it could have been that actually stunted his development rather than the, the fact that he, he found it difficult at championship level. Um, I think he's, he stunted all our developments, I think, Craig, well, to be yeah, exactly. absolutely honest with you, mate. Towards the end of the season, um, when O'Brien and um, Gregory had that partnership that was developing under Neil Harris, I think that's, that's when you saw that actually if you give, give the guy a bit of time and a bit of confidence, um, then he will be... A, you know, a, a twenty-goal season striker, but potentially at this level and the level above. It was a beautiful goal he took on on Monday night. I mean, again, the ball forwards. I think that was Williams that played that pass forwards to him, yeah. and, and the way he rounded the goalkeeper was, you know, that that was top draw. I mean, and then he's still got to put the ball in the net because, as I said, um, after the game on on, on Monday night, you, you don't want to be a YouTube novelty loop. The man that puts it over the bar when you're on goal with nothing to nothing to stop your your progress, and that does happen. So there's still work to be done. I, I thought that was a, a top quality finish, and. Um, Indicative of his season, I, I just think he's a fantastic um, striker who's developed from a very very low starting point. It's great to see. Yeah, I think, and I think um, Morrison has taken him under his wing a bit and and sort of done to Gregory what maybe Kenny Jacket did with Morrison to try and mould him and sort of make him a bit of a bit of a nastier player, a bit more sort of clinical. Yeah. Um, I did. I mean, I don't think any of our strikers are great. On one-on-ones, um, countless times this season we've had. I mean, we've probably, if we'd scored all the one-on or half the one-on-ones that you know Morrison and Gregory had, we'd be sailing at the top of the league. Yeah, um, yeah. So true. when he rounded the keeper, I don't know about you, but I still I, didn't think he was going to score. No, I thought he was going to miss it. <laughs> this is why I keep going about YouTube novelty loops because yeah, exactly. I, I, I could see it happening. Um, but no, fair play to him. It's that's why I said the work's there to be done. You've, you've still got to put the ball in the net, and he did yeah. did so. Um, no, I, I mean twenty three goals does its own talking, and I, I don't think you can um, you can argue with that. Um, another word I just want to mention. Obviously, Jordan Archer in goal. We've 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 not mentioned him so far, but again, another a source of great comfort to have him in on 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 the goal line. I mean, he just looks so stable, so calming. It's just it's just such a transformation from the the nervous breakdown period. That unfortunately, uh, David Ford got himself into. Yeah, and I think it it rubs off on the def- on the defence as well because they they know they've got a, a, a stable keeper behind them, so they play less risky or, or more risky but you know they play more comfortably and then that in turn means that Archer can trust his defence uh, defense because they're, that mutual trust means that they both do their jobs better um, 
some really solid tackles on Monday nights. I mean, uh, Beavers, I think, is an underrated... Or is it under-the-radar type of, of, of player in many ways? He doesn't really get that much um, airtime on the on the message balls, but he always does his job. He did a, made a couple of um, strong tackles. And, of course, Byron Webster, another player who's much improved from the, you know, the, the reign of the clown last season. I mean, you know, I, I don't think he has it in him to go much higher than League One. I'm going to say that. But what he's doing at our level is just what Dr. ordered. Yeah, Byron Webster's my um, sort of undercard for uh, player of the season because right. I think in spite of his criticism, he stuck with it and actually is definitely, I'd say, probably one of the most improved players of the year, yeah, uh, considering yeah. his the vitriol from the start that he was getting <laughs> compared to sort of now, he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet when partnered with Beavers. So I mean, the defense is praised again. I mean, I'm just saying that the defense is outstanding this season. I think the two go hand in hand, his work and and the back line. Also, just a quick word for Joe Martin again, another player that gets, slips under the radar. I, I, I like him at left back. I thought he did a good job on on Monday night, and every time I've seen him play, you, again you get an air of solidity to the to the defense. And and the defense's first job is to is to defend, isn't it? Not to get forwards. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Joe Martins. I actually, when we signed him, I had to double check it was that Joe Martin because um, I, 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 the last time I heard, he was the next best thing coming out of Derby. I think he was, you know, he was bound for Premiership glory and all sorts. Right. Okay. Um, so, and that was a good few years ago. So I just assumed he was maybe, you know, uh, part of like a West Brom or Stoke side. You know, one of those players that you don't hear of, but they're just part of that team. So. No, I'm a big fan of his and, and think he is a fantastic addition to the to the defence. And he is, like you say, he's not necessarily flash going forwards, but he does a job. And he and he almost uh, almost got a bit of a wonderful left foot himself. He almost scored. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. he's got more touch than I think he's given credit for. We're recording these um, these words before the Colchester game, listeners. So uh, maybe we should do a, an alternate, a double alternate ending like they do on the on the box series on Sky, uh, Craig, you know. Yeah. Whether it's a loss, win or draw, we don't know at the moment, but um, we, we could, we could, we could take, take, delete whichever one you don't, <laughs> whichever way it went, I don't know. Um, but we, we seem to be set very fair for the playoffs, at least. I, 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 where do you stand? I mean, I can't see us making the top two now. I mean, I know Burton would have wobbled on Monday night, but they just seem too far away for us to catch at this late stage yeah well i think i had a look and we have we've got uh apart from gillingham commentary the rest of our games are against teams uh not higher than 16th yeah yeah which probably means uh we're not going to make the playoffs at all we're in our own <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't expecting that <laughs> well knowing, knowing we all sort of ability to not beat teams when we're meant to beat them that, that kind of that's lost us, listeners. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I, I, I hope and I think we'll be comfortably in the playoffs. We, I think we could go for go for second place, but I think there's there are a lot of uh, things that have to go our way for that to happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Probably too many than is than is likely, and I don't think it would be at the expense of. Wigan, I think it would be Burton that would drop out. I think they're the ones that are sort of on the decline. Well, we made them look very ordinary on Monday night, and I thought that was quite a tribute to the whole team's performance. For that to be a top-of-the-table side, they didn't look that that part at all, in my opinion. So, who knows? I, I, I think the playoffs are the likelier outcome, and then that's always a, always a fraught period in everyone's lives, isn't it, isn't it? playoff football? But um, I... You can't bet against us in, in on current form. No, and and, and we've not we've not missed a, a, a playoff final since Kenny Jacket either. So no, I mean that's that, and that goes from before Kenny Jacket having never made a playoff final. So certainly before Kenny came along, the playoffs for me were always a uh, um, we're less likely to go up than actually than actually do it. Now now the playoffs actually feel like a real prospect that we will go through and win it. There's a turnaround in the club's thinking, isn't it? I mean, we... Yeah, which is it's nice. It's nice to have that mentality. It's nice to uh, it's nice to have that belief because then you get games like Huddersfield at home uh, and Swindon and you get Wembley events like we've had um, and and I just I hope they do it and I hope for Neil Harris's sake that we do it as well. I mean, this weekend sees a Wembley event 
with the final of the Johnstone's paint trap. I just want to move on to this um, idea that's doing the rounds at the moment. Um, we, we obviously um, probably justifiably in the end blew out on the JPT and, and the Wembley final, which would have been a distraction, I think, given where we're at at the moment. But there's an idea that's doing the rounds, and there's actually a petition. We all love a petition now, Millwall, on change.org, <laughs> just to say that UK football fans, Craig, say no to B teams on, in the Johnston's paint trophy. And the idea that's being floated is that Premier League and possibly Championship sides play their B sides in the Johnston's paint trophy, um, possibly under-21 sides, I don't know, um, as a means of um, enlivening a, a, what is otherwise a, a fairly... <coughs> You know, a drudge competition. Um, I think the opponents of this idea see it as the thin end of a wedge where the bigger clubs place B-sides in, in the lower leagues. And I mean, there's been a League 3 idea floated in the past anyway. And they see it as a thin end of a wedge that leads to dilution of English football. Um, you and me had a, 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 a you know, a, not an exchange of views on, on uh, Twitter the other night. I think you're, you're more pro it than... Than... No, no, not me, not at all. No, no, no. I think I was probably being sarcastic. Well, that's the controversial. <laughs> that's the controversial part of the show. Done, listeners. <laughs> we, we, we agree entirely. <laughs> uh, sorry to ruin that, but no, for me. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, it, it's it's completely contrary. I think the whole idea behind it is is the epitome of what the Premier League and exponents of it. And that kind of football yeah. just don't get. So they think it's a it's a it's a it's a shit competition. But I guarantee you, for if if we'd got to the final, oh, then you'd had you'd have had fifty thousand. Ask people. Oxford. It's a shit competition. I mean, when you're ask, when you're yeah, there, exactly. ask Barnsley. You know. Um, um, so you know, ask Bristol City last year. They for them they did a, a, a league and cup double because they they won that they won that as well as winning the league. I mean that's. You know, they had a day out at Wembley. That's I don't think at all that 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 that's, the competition needs improving. Um, maybe give it a Champions League place for the winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, with some of the teams that do get into the Champions League, it's not such an outrageous idea. But um, it's <laughs> and in terms of the development of under twenty ones, uh, which is what it's uh, another what it's purported to do. I. I I don't agree with that at all. I think if you look at if you look at Premiership teams and, and players that have gone through that system, the successful ones haven't gone through a academy all the way through. Uh, Harry Kane had however many loans uh, before coming to us and actually you know having a really good spell and then yeah. making his name. Um, people like uh, Gareth Bale went on a lot of loans. Uh, the class of 92 Beckham went on a few loans pressing North End and stuff so um, youth development is all about getting real competition and by real competition that means being with players like Alan Dunn who you know doesn't want to spend two pound on a phone call <laughs> because, because, uh, because you've got to read the book listeners you've got to read the book <laughs> He doesn't want to spend two pound on a phone call because that's you know because two pound a minute actually it matters them. it matters that's right so it's that's that's not going to solve prima donna footballers what's going to solve the, the, the issue of prima donna footballers is getting throttled by your teammates because you've sauced, you've uh, cost them their win bonus for the week and that's going to feed their kids for the week so I I think they should instead of doing that I think they should enforce a cap. Um, on the amount of players that uh, Premier League teams can put on loan before they have to sell them. I mean, on the on the loan subjects, it's, it's almost a linked um, subject at the same time, really, because there's this FIFA restriction now that the emergency loan system's being done away with next season. 28-day loans, 93-day loans, such as we've benefited with Judd Wallace this season and, and others, Kane in the past... Um, and even Chris Wood, I think, back in, in 2011. And that system's going to go. Um, I, the idea being that um, FIFA, of all, <clears throat> try not to laugh, are trying to protect the integrity of their sports competitions, as they put it, um, which is a bit like the, they're putting the alcoholic in charge of the pub, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, that's the idea of it. And the, the, the implication being that clubs will need to... Um, 
deal with any difficulties within their squad, within their squad. You've got to basically do your business in the summertime and then in the January window. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird one that, again, it, uh, punishes the lower, you know, sort of lower league sides and doesn't, doesn't hurt the elite because they can, you know, teams like uh, Chelsea and, and, and Man City can... St- Stockpile. Well, even Chelsea got a sixty-man squad or something stupid. They just okay. they acquire players that sit on the sit on the wage bill and don't don't do anything and don't even go anywhere. Don't they train at times? Exactly. It's almost as if they stockpile just so another team can't have them. Yeah, there is there, there's a touch of that. I think it will favour the the bigger clubs. That's that's for sure. I mean, Chelsea are, are reputed to have a stupid number of players on. On their wage bill, and I suppose also, I mean, I'm just reading uh, comments from Bristol City's chairman, who's actually not against the idea. It will promote youth players coming through because if you look at our, our situation this season, we've had Jed Wallace, who's done a real, you know, real job on our behalf. But in the absence of a Jed Wallace, we'd have had to have found someone from our own ranks. That probably would have been Fred, or I don't know, maybe um, this Twardek kid, or one of those from from our own youth ranks. That's what clubs are going to have to do next season. That all depends on what your philosophy is as a club, because uh, we've we've chosen to go down the youth development route, which I think is the right way to go. Absolutely. Um, but we can afford to do that because our chairman could afford to pay for a Category Two academy. Uh, so we've even if we. I hadn't had the you know the the emergency loan option. We might not necessarily have always taken it because if we've got players like Fred or anyone like that, then then it's not a bad idea. And actually, if you look back to the days of uh, those who shall not be named, both both of them, they relied on so many loans um, that actually I, I would have I would have begged for this rule to have come in sooner, just to force them to sort of uh, go through youth development or, or you know. Uh, Actually, actively buy players and, and get a decent squad together. Um, yeah. You've got you've got no Rob Holses then. No, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what this rule was intended to get rid of. Anything but anything that, but no Rob Holse. Yeah. I mean, this is the, um, the, the the Bristol chairman says says here. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably a straight um, a copy of what we're saying. He says sometimes it's too easy for the club to fall back into the loan market. The loan market is a blessing if you have a bad run of injuries and bad luck. But let's test our medical departments. Let's test our academy. Let's test their under twenty ones, and see how good they are. It's I mean it's kind of going back to the traditional approach because I mean this whole thing of emergency loans has only been going for the last ten years or so. It certainly wasn't around in my youth, and loans were quite rare events back then. It's it's become a modern drug addiction almost, isn't it? Yeah, it has. I mean, I think it it is used. Um, and sometimes not even for the player's benefit, it's used to plug a gap. You know, you'll sign a you'll sign a keeper on an emergency loan because, you know, your, your number two keeper's got injured. Yeah. yeah, but then again, we've got Jordan Archer. If that wasn't the case, didn't we get him under similar circumstances? And Yeah. I suppose. It, it, it's, it's, it's difficult, but for me, because we've got such a great youth development uh, sort of going, I will be biased and say, actually, I don't care because, you know, if anyone else hasn't, fuck them. Well, I mean, we're probably better placed placed than many clubs because of that for that reason. Um, I suppose also from a player's perspective, you, you it would really if you were a young player. I mean, if you have the wisdom or the the maturity to take these decisions, I don't know, but you know, you really would have to think hard about whether you want to join Chelsea and sit on your ass all day and okay, get paid, but not playing the game that you love, or would you go and sign for um, a Millwall, an Orient, a Charlton, whoever you like? And have a much greater prospect of actually for getting into the first team. That would become a much more real thought process rather than say joining a Chelsea and think, well, I'll, I'll be loaned out and get my learn my trade that way. That that prospect won't arise anymore. I mean, I, I don't know if that's what they're going for. I mean, I I don't think that clubs these clubs should be allowed to stockpile these youth players. I think actually there should be a sort of uh, reverse Bosman or reverse sort of academy ruling that actually if a, if a if a player has been loaned out for however many seasons and he's a youth player, he should be able to be purchased by the last two clubs, three clubs he was loaned to for a pitiful amount just to punish teams for not playing, for premiership teams for not developing their own youth and using yeah. teams like Millwall to do it instead. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, why FIFA are getting involved in terms of that, I, I, I don't know if it's 
They're protecting the, the integrity of their sports yeah, income. I mean, they're big. They're sure. big on that. They're very big on that. Yeah. It's, it's a clean, well-run organisation. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're very keen to make sure everything's fair and dandy. You know, no no corruption or anything of that kind going on. Yeah, I'm sure there's nothing to do with you know, <laughs> money or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's it's. it's I think it's, I, yeah. I think it's a system that's probably used in England more than almost any other nation. I mean, I, I don't know, and I'll stand to be corrected if it goes on in to this level in the lower leagues of, say, German football or Spanish football or Italian football or anywhere else. I think because of the, the depth of the English game, you, where you do have meaningful contests between third, fourth, and even arguably fifth-tier teams, you know, where these games matter, which you probably wouldn't get on the same to the same level in some countries... Here, that that loan system is exploited, has been used, and maybe they would see it as being misused um, for the reasons of integrity and so on. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's like coming off of um, like coming off of heroin, I suppose. We're gonna have to they're gonna have to go cold turkey, aren't they? These clubs. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you're right. The, the emergency loans were meant to be used just as that. They were meant to be used as emergencies. They were meant to cover, um, you know, terrible injuries. You know that. Unfortunately, your squad's been decimated. What has happened is that actually they've just used it as a loan window. Yeah, it's an alternate transfer market. Exactly. Yeah, a cheap, so, a cheap transfer market. You know. Yeah, it, it's and 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 just like drug addiction, it was just meant to be a drug that's meant to help a little bit for when you're you know when you're in a bit of pain. Yeah. But obviously, you get used to it, you like it, you start taking more and more, and then you're addicted to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's a note to finish on. <laughs> Not that we know much about that, of course. <laughs> That's fantastic, Craig. Thank you very much, mate. Um, we, we, as we said already, we speak before the outcome of the Colchester game um, is known, but I will be broadcasting this after the Colchester game, just so there's a logic to the show. Um, so what let's, let's... By Lee Gregory. What, an <laughs> what, a, what a tackle by Joe Martin. Yeah. Let's hope for the best. Um, thanks a lot for your time, Craig. Really appreciate it, mate. And I'll... Talk to you again very soon, I hope. Yeah, brilliant, mate. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.